Cryptoholics. Welcome to Synthaholics. Today you have myself, Aaron O'Brien, and David Duncan. And just Hello, David. Aaron O'Brien and David Duncan. Just, just us. It's it's not the the five people smorgasbord we had last week. Yeah, that was a little messy. So, um, uh, it see. was fun though getting to talk with everybody because it was the uh, first time yeah. uh, with the entire Geek Tanks. Group and uh, I mean I I had them on for Rogue One way back in the day, but Aaron was missing for that one. So, and I used to I I mean they I think they changed their dates, but they're uh, they're yeah because they changed to uh, Thursdays. They used to have their live events on Wednesday for Rocky Mountain Geek Tank, and I used to watch it all the time because it like it was seven o'clock their time, but it was like ten o'clock mine. It was perfect for me, so I'd watch them. But yeah, it was great to interact with them, and obviously Guy has been on the show. A, billion times so you know it was great to have him on so and if anyone uh, got to watch that live thanks for watching that live yeah and uh if you want to listen to it it's uh it's uh last week's episode of our uh, lower decks episode uh it was fun um a little a uh, little weird at some points just because everyone's talking over each other at some point so it's kind of hard when we're remote and they wanted to avoid spoilers so we didn't even talk about lower decks for the first hour yeah we talk about everything else but lower decks <laughs> everything uh, but today we are going to talk about Lower Decks, and this episode, Dave, we are have the Temporal Edict, and this is uh, Season 1, Episode 3, and first aired uh, August 20th, uh, 2020. So we are, <laughs> we are uh, in the beginning, we get the teaser with uh, uh, Boimler playing the violin and dancing. And confusing his crew. Wasn't that the the uh, what's his face's tune in the uh, original series? I don't remember. Whatever he puts his feet up on the the, the Scott, he puts his feet up on the he takes over engineering and he's like oh like oh, oh uh, you're talking about um oh, oh, his face wasn't was, wasn't that the his, the music he was playing or the music that was playing over that it was an Irish but I you know it's like I don't know if it was um the name escapes me it's uh. Oh, any other time, I would know it, because you just threw it in my <laughs> face like that. Uh, but then uh, Mariner and uh, Tendi show up, and they just start playing like a complete uh, heavy metal set. Which, you know, it's kind of refreshing, because I'm, I'm tired of seeing everyone play all these like boring woodwinds, and like she brings out a flying V, yeah. um, electric guitar, which I thought was really nice. Because, I mean, like really, everyone only plays classical music instruments. Um, just something funny that happened for me in college. I went to a, a Christian college with very classical music oriented for the music program, and my group was the first group to ever use electric instruments for a recital. And you were all expelled. Yes. <laughs> um, you're in league with the dark one. <laughs> Pretty um, much. Uh, but because of uh, uh, Mariner's uh, set that she throws off uh, with this heavy metal, uh, this... Uh, it, they it, like the bass reverberates through the uh, the ship, 
and they're talking uh, with a Klingon bird of prey, and somehow that uh, angers the the commanding officer of the Klingon bird of prey, and uh, but. And he thinks, like, what's this bass you're just pounding out at me? And uh, Captain Freeman uh, basically says, she can't hear it. Maybe it sounds on your end. And then she's, like, you know, tells the security uh, guy to go on and turn it off. And uh, he goes down. And Mariner's already thrown her guitar out of the floor and said, thank you very much. And walked off stage. And then he goes to um, the security officer, Shax, comes and just, you know, breaks his violin in half. He says, Captain says you're being too loud. Yeah, I, I mean, like, it was kind of funny, but also it's just, like, totally disrespecting science, because, I mean, that's, it, it, the show's supposed to be canon, and, like, base doesn't, base needs air to move, and there's no air in space, so the Klingon ship... Well, there's air move. inside the, de- yeah, that's a good, well, maybe it was transmitting through the, through the mic, on the I bridge. Mean, I mean, I guess, but it, it seemed like he called them up because he was bothered by the base. Oh, I don't know. I just saw them facing. I just thought maybe they're talking. And oh, maybe I don't know. Uh, but then we find out uh, that so that was the beginning teaser, and then we find out that the Sritos is going to Cardassia uh, Prime for this um, big um, peace agreement, and they are stopped because they have to go give uh, some trinkets to the inhabitants of Jelrek uh, well, uh, Five. The peace summit got moved to Vulcan. Yeah, for the Cardassian well, for the Cardassian thing. Yeah, and well, apparently, apparently, there's some kind of peace dance that the that the Cardassians have to do, and or that you have to do for the Cardassians. And I'm just like, I've never seen the Cardassians dance, and I kind of want to now. That's hilarious. I could see Garrick dancing some weird uh, gimpy dance. I mean, he's the only Cardassian I can see dancing. None of the other ones can I ever envision dancing. Yeah. Goldicott, even definitely. even the lady ones, like the lady judge in the the O'Brien episode, I can't see her dancing either. They're all so like mean. Maybe ZL, I could see dancing. Maybe they get all their their freak on. Maybe they're like you know, you know, twerking. And they stuff. just like put Kanar on each other and like twerk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to see this now. Yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, the um, but Captain Freeman is pretty upset that they were kind of like you know like. Snub. They're the laughing stock of the Federation. And uh, he's like, I gotta get this crew up to snuff, you know, that we're not being laughed at for everything. Uh, then we got the brig where we have uh, Mariner, Boimler, Boimler uh, Tendi, and Rutherford, and they're testing the strength of the force field, <laughs> firing a phasers at full full blast. <laughs> on, on, on vaporize. And he's like, he's totally unstunned. Um and after they f- they get everything uh, fixed, uh, they, they start drinking margaritas, and then they start explaining to Tendi how about buffer time. And he's like, "What's buffer time? Well, buffer time is we tell them it's going to take us five hours when it only takes us a few minutes, and then we just relax for the rest of the time." That and you know what? This kind of makes me believe this is why uh, Enterprise everyone was always so damn relaxed. Enterprise, like. Yeah, well, on the Enterprise, everyone would always be like, kind of like, do 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 do, like just like, you know, just taking well, their time. But like, you see, the buffer All time. Star buffer time is 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 weird because Scotty used buffer time. Yes, he did. And and in the episode Relics, Scotty even is like, yeah, I, I always doubled my time, so I get I appear like a miracle worker, and uh, that's one of the reasons why. 
Jordy like hated him. Mm, so yeah, like, yeah. like, but then now they're making it like buffer time. Everyone does it. I'm like, no, no, no. They didn't do that next gen. I mean, not. I mean, because I mean, it seemed like it was a Scotty thing. It didn't seem like it was a a regular thing that happened. And now I, it's obviously. To- yeah, it's obviously that some people do it and some people don't. Like, Mariner definitely does it. Boimler never would do that. And, I, and maybe Rutherford never would do that either. But it seemed <clears> like so. Scotty kept it a secret. Or, like, it seemed like... I mean, until he, but, he, but he was, like, confiding in a fellow engineer. And he's like, you don't double your time? The one thing I've found uh, in my life is, especially when you're dealing with people and what they expect from you, is manage expectations. It's very difficult sometimes because people think they're going to get, like, the greatest thing. And you're like, uh... You probably aren't going to get anything that great, so settle down. You're going to get so much at a certain time, kind of thing. You know, I think it's a, I think it's an important thing in life. You just got to learn to manage expectation. Maybe Jordy was just working way too hard. Um, I, I guess. Um, so, uh, so uh, Captain Freeman starts walking through the ship, and she's yelling at everybody who's who, who just doesn't seem like working or just kind of like walking around, and she hears something about buffer time. And then when she goes in the turbo lift with Boimler, uh, Boimler starts talking to uh, uh, talking about uh, buffer time. And then she's like, what is buffer time? And this is where it gets everyone in trouble because what they find out is that uh, the Captain Freeman says there will be no more buffer time and you'll be timed for everything you do. And everybody has to scramble. Yeah, and they're all and they're all just. They're all just burned out within like a day. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're they're just so dying, and uh, no one can do any. No one can get anything done because they're so busy doing these these busy work assignments. Right. Exactly. Um, then uh, Commander uh, Ransom goes down to an away mission with um, Mariner and a bunch of other people. They go down to uh, present a crystal uh, for people uh, from uh, Galarak Five, and. <clears throat> He, and Ransom yells at uh, Mariner for having her sleeves rolled up. Just, this isn't this isn't a barn. <laughs> yes, it's I thought it was funny because she always does have it. Always does her sleeves up. I think it's kind of a fun idea, but yeah. Um, so when they land, they realize that uh, they're supposed to present this like special crystal, and they worship. They're like really into crystals on this planet, and uh, when they open the uh, the chest that's supposed to have the crystal it's not a crystal it's a piece of wood and uh, they, <laughs> it, it must be from the people that uh, Archer had to do the chainsaw dance for yeah right it's from the log lady from the Twin Peaks <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah so it's not it's not the crystal and it's this wooden uh, fertility totem by uh, uh, of uh, Mavrock Prime and they uh, the they just get the uh, uh, Galrakians get totally upset and they just start because they're sworn enemies of people, uh, Mavrock Prime, and they start just like throwing spears and they stab uh, one of the bullions with a spear and they it's get like, all. I'm going to die. <laughs> Mariners, look, you're not. We live on a spaceship. You're not going to die from a spear. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so um, uh, Ransom goes and tries to do something to stop him, uh, but he just gets uh, a net thrown on top of him and electrocuted. And so that's he's done in for. And uh, Mariner uh, basically uh, gets a uh, kicks some ass, but then uh, they all get basically um, captured. So uh, back on the Cerritos, they're all like rushing around to get all their work done. 
then the Kalrakian ships come, and they uh, basically um, board the ship. They board the ship. They take over the Cerritos because nothing works because everyone's doing such a half-assed, fast job. They can't finish their work. So half the things they want done can't get done. And they can't uh, they can't repel the invaders because they're too busy half-assing the work that they have to get done. So they're not right. late. Uh, and then back on the planet, uh, uh, Mariner and Ransom are uh, locked in a cell and they have to... This is pretty funny because they have this. They have the rest of their crew tied to a rock, and they have like a giant geode. They're gonna that's smash going to, them with. That's gonna smash them with. They call it the adjudication geode. <laughs> that's a great name. And uh, so they have to fight this gigantic beast called Vindor, and uh, they throw I him a sword. Vindor. Yeah, they throw him a sword, and uh, Vindor looks basically like the Hulk, but gray. And um, gray Hulk. Uh, Ransom and Mariner start fighting about who's going to fight Vindor, and then uh, uh, Ransom stabs Mariner in the foot <laughs> because he wants to just to make sure that he's the one that fights. So, uh, so anyways, uh, and back on Sritos, Sritos are just totally being taken over. The uh, Galrakians are like putting graffiti all through the halls, and. Uh, Boimler is just kind of just doing his things until so the Galrakians kind of stop him and uh, threaten him, and he just starts shooting at him. <laughs> he's like, I've got a phaser, and he's the only one keeping up with his tasks and having yeah, plenty he's of time like, to totally, do stuff. And he's and he's fine with it; it's nothing's bothering him. Uh, after the captain's gets, on the bridge, and she's doing everything for everyone because uh, everyone else is passed out except for her and Shax. They're all they're all exa- they're all exhausted because they're all overworked. And then uh, when Boimler comes up, she basically, you know, like uh, Captain Freeman is like, "I'm a failure. I'm not. I'm not. I'm uh, not a very good captain and stuff like that." And he um, he realizes that you know you, you can't do everyone's job. That's not that's not how you should be running things. So um, uh, then back on the planet, uh, Ransom and Mariner. Are, you know, like are, like I said, they get stabbed in the foot, so she can't fight. And uh, Rans- uh, Ransom goes to fight Vindor, tears off his shirt, shirt. Yeah. and uh, goes to attack him. And kind of does like Kirk Fu on uh, he, he, it, it is totally Kirk Fu. It's like double-handed punches and kicks and stuff like that. It's just very much and, Kirk Fu. And Mariner seems a bit turned on. Mariner's getting totally wet. So, and it's not uh, just her foot that's bleeding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. Not just her foot that's bleeding. What else is bleeding? Oh, no, no. She's, she's not just wet from the blood in her foot. <laughs> Are you saying she has her period? No, I was just saying her pussy's getting wet because she's excited, but her foot's also wet from all so the blood. Wrong. That's so wrong. You're welcome. Uh, anyways, You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> so um, You can get wet on your period. It's fine. So, yeah, you could. Yeah, women, can, women can get excited. And what's wrong with that? Uh, nothing, nothing, nothing yeah, at all. Uh, so Freeman uh, decides because uh, Boimler basically says, "You know, you're a great captain, but you have these rules, and the results uh, um, have resulted in one week of the best week of his life on Cerritos." But uh, Freeman basically says, you, uh, "The crew are, is in disorder, so why not just tell them to break all the rules and uh, get you know take care of these Galrakians?" So that's what she gives the orders: just whatever you need to do. Get rid of these Galrakians. Repel the invaders. Yep. And uh, back on the planet, uh, Ransom fight uh, basically beats up Vindor. And, yeah, so they're free to go. 
Well, Vendor is so. sad because he doesn't like being the the muscle. He just he he wants to read some books and like just uh, and and uh, study art or something. Right, right, right. So, yeah. Uh, so, anyways, um, so the crew is cleaning up everything from uh, on the Cerritos, and uh, the Calrakians apologize for what they did, and um, and then Shax is down there saying, you know. Those were wood worshiping freaks of Malax Prime. <laughs> so <laughs> that was kind of funny. And then uh, back on the sick bay, <clears throat> um, Ransom and uh, Mariner kind of like have a little discussion. And he's like, "Well, thanks for you know, like I- I'm going to pack things up." Ransom says because I I attacked you and I shouldn't have done that. So and she's like, "I'm not going to report that." What are you talking about? It's great. I love that you did that. And then he's. And then he throws her into the brig for uh, not rolling down her sleeves. Oh man, what a dick! And then, and then like she's like yelling at him that she's going to kill him, and he and now he's getting aroused. He's like, hmm, "What's going on?" Uh, and then uh, Captain Freeman gets Boimler into a ready room and says that he uh, she is now having the uh, a shipwide mandate known as the Boimler effect, and uh, basically the Boimler effect is, you know, you use buffer time. <laughs> <laughs> and and don't follow the rules if you don't think you need to. And uh, Boyman was like, "Now I'm going to be remembered for this, and it's not what I believe in at all." And they're like, "Don't worry, nobody will remember that." But in the far future, we have a school teacher that's just teaching the Boimler effect, and it's named after Brad Boimler, the la- for his lazy, the laziest methods and cutting corners. And then the more important thing, the the life and history of Miles O'Brien. Which is I thought was the funniest thing in the entire that was, thing. That was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yes, yeah, so Miles O'Brien shout out. That is I know. absolutely amazing. That's the, <laughs> that's the that's been the best moment of the show so far. So, I have questions about this this um far, okay. this far far future. Is this after the far far future that Discovery's flung into, or is this before that far far future that Discovery's flung into? They they did not get into that far. So. I, I I I'm just like oh it's it looks like it's still a paradise and Federation-y all in the future. Like, what's going on with this? And then I don't know. It's it was it was vague, and I was like, where where does this fall? Yeah. Where? How far in the future is this? Yeah, and um, uh, it's yeah. No, we don't. I guess we we won't know. But um, yeah, uh, what did you think about these this episode? Uh, a little bit different than the last two. Yeah, I mean, um, Mariner is acting more real. I mean, the whole sh- the uh, the first officer having a bigger part was was interesting, but he's like super anti Starfleet, like just stabbing her in the foot. I mean, like Kirk would like try to sabotage things so he could like have his way, but not like I mean, he would never like stab Spock in the foot. He, or, he might knock somebody out if he had to. Yeah, but knocking them out and like cutting their foot open i don't know i feel like that's uh not the same thing i don't know i feel feel like it's a way it's a way worse i mean knocking someone out to protect them versus like stabbing them in the foot i I don't know i I feel like the stabbing in the foot's a way worse thing to do to somebody um uh, mariner's becoming a more real person which which i i like but this episode like i said had like the weird like anti-science stuff that just doesn't make sense for a show that's supposed to be canon to Star Trek and like you know Star Trek's you know I guess historically was big into science and the the sound moving between the 
or a Federation ship and a Klingon ship just didn't make any sense. I'm like, that's not, sound doesn't move in space. Huh. Huh. Um, so uh, my 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 sciency nitpickiness is kind of like, got a little bit offended by that, but I mean it was still a pretty good episode. Um, uh, the it, it um, I, I'm definitely still enjoying Lower Decks. It, it, it is it's just even though uh, Mariner's toned down, the rest of the episode felt more like a cartoon than the last couple, I guess. Because in the first two episodes, it seemed like Mariner was the cartoony one and everything else seemed kind of real around it. And the, this episode seemed more like a cartoon, like in, in like plot and stuff like that, whereas Mariner actually finally seemed like toned down to like mm-hmm. a normal person. So like, it's just a couple little things just feel off to me where it's just like, ah, come on, like you could nail this. Um, how about you, Aaron? Um, felt, I mean, other than the silliness of the, um, of the, uh, them trying to be more efficient on the ship and burning everyone out. Um, it felt very much like a standard Trek, um, episode, like getting captured on the planet and having to fight somebody. I mean, that's very standard Trek fare. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, I, I, I mean, I think you and I can relate because of some of the jobs we've had that like you have to have something done in a certain amount of time or you know they they time you about everything you do with yeah. metrics. Yeah, metrics are the worst. Me- metrics um, metrics will, are the productivity killer. It will burn you out and not not you make you care about anything. I think you should be accountable for certain things of course, but you got to at least give the person some kind of uh I don't know. It's it's just it's 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 it can it killed it killed my uh, joy of life. So that's for sure. Oh yeah, my micromanagement to like the nth degree is never good for anyone. Yeah. Um. It it is a it is a it's it's there to supposedly help productivity, but it's such a it's such a killjoy to to being alive that it just kills all productivity. I think, or it kills the person. <laughs> the person's you know essence of, of wanting to be alive um yeah yeah because you know I, I don't know it, it just and and and, and metrics uh, fueled things that you're referring to uh customer service is you're supposed to help people but the the the, the metrics are set in such a way that you have to like not help them you have to just turn them out and hope they understood what you're saying and, and get to the next person as quick as possible and yeah that doesn't that seems counterintuitive to the whole customer service thing Right. And, you know, yeah, obviously, you know, like you want things done in a timely manner, but some things take a little longer. Some things take a little more care. I mean, it's like and I think a lot of times you see that is because in a way I know what this the lower decks is kind of like a, a, a response to like management. You know, management's always like, how can I squeeze all the productivity out of the people I can? How can I get people inspired? But they always go about everything the wrong way. And um, they just have to understand that people are not going to love everything about their job. And they just have to find ways to keep them happy while they're doing their job. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, it's just they, they, they you know, like you said, they, you know, they put metrics and stuff like that. And they, and they try to do things that are just not making people happy. So... Yeah, I mean, I think most micromanagement is just is this detrimental to the morale of of uh, anyone who's being put under that kind of micromanagement. 
but I mean, but that being said, the the, the crew of Cerritos seem to fall apart pretty quickly. Pretty quick. I, I, I mean, like, I mean, I know the show was pitched as this is the least important crew in Starfleet and da 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 da. But I mean, I, I they're only thirty minute episodes, and this is only the third one. Like, like, why is the Cerritos the laughing stock? Like, we haven't really established that yet. Especially since we're, since, since this is a show where we're following the lower decks crew like we don't know why they're such a failure so i mean there must be a failure at the the, the command level for them uh-huh. to be you know pushed off and 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 you know relegated to obscurity right. uh, but we don't have a sense of that and this is very much a classic star trek where there is no real like heavy through line this is episodic star trek this yeah. is the first episodic star trek since enterprise i guess Right, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I mean, there's there's the Mariner being a rebel through line, and and um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah and, and Boimler, you know, being by the book. But I mean, that's just that's just who they are. It's not really a, is yeah. There's no like dots really to connect, other than it's just the same character. It's it's like next gen. It's very much like next gen. Oh, it's the whole thing is an, an homage to next gen. There's no way around no way around that. Which um, I mean, it's, it's not a bad thing. I just. The uh, the show's still trying to find its groove. I mean, I, I like that Mariner's getting more normal, and uh, some of the callbacks are, are great still. Um, uh, I just I'm, I'm looking forward. To, I just want to see the show fall into its uh, its groove, and I, I, I think it's getting there. I think it's getting there. Yeah, um, I'm I'm enjoying everything so far. Um, the last couple last episode or so. Um, Last two episodes haven't been as funny as the first one, uh, but there are some funny parts to them for sure. You know, I mean, there's definitely things that make me chuckle. Um, I'm, I'm, I am interested in see how things are going to shake out because, I mean, what? There's only uh, seven, seven more episodes? episodes left. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but a lot can happen in seven episodes. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, they're going to start to build the through line, like to. I don't know for there to be like a, a big finale. I'm I'm just curious as to like what their like what their end game is with this show because it's I mean other than the silliness, it's the most faithful to like a regular Star Trek show. You've got like a, you get the problem, and then the characters are overcoming the problem, and uh, it's it feels very much like Star Trek for the, for the most part. It's just. Uh-huh. Uh, Little nitpicky things that the character of Mariner and some of the th- weird science things they don't think about, just so they can make a joke. I mean, are we get? Are, are, do you, are we expecting more of that? Do you think like they're gonna throw away science just to make a joke, or I, I feel Ben rules just to make jokes. I'm sure. Uh, you know, it, it didn't bother me so much. I, I like when you were talking about the the sound of the bass. I just kind of thought that was going through the speakers. That's what I thought. Like they getting caught by the microphone. But once they muted it, they would have been like, "It's not there anymore." So, oh, I, I thought the Klingons called because they were disturbed by the bass. I don't know. Um, yeah. So um, I I just think it's great. I think it's uh, still pretty good. Um, I still like it. Um, uh, I still like it better than Picard. Oh yeah, it's so. it's it's by far still way better than Picard, better than Discovery. Um, I, I just I just wonder if there's going to be like a like a, a through plot line at some point, uh, 
or if it's just going to be straight homage to next gen, just episode to episode, and it's just these characters. I almost wish it was a little bit longer so we could get more of the, like, so we could follow the bridge crew a little bit more instead of just whenever they happen to intersect. Because I would mm-hmm. like to see why the Cerritos is considered the laughing stock of the Federation, because we don't really have that. And I kind of wish mm-hmm. maybe this would be like a later episode so that we could get that. Like, like, other than just being told that they're the laughing stock and they don't do anything right. Right, right. right I, you yeah. know, it, you know, I mean, just to have a little bit more oomph to that statement and, and why she feels like they need to, like, change so much is that, the, you know, that she's in a work ragged. And this episode totally was a misnomer. I thought they were going to totally, like, do, like, a time travel thing. Right. I did, too. Yeah. And it was no time travel. I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. It's uh, micromanagement time. Right, right. Well, you know, got to tell jokes somehow. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely enjoying it, and I think this is... Uh, I still think this show is going to be great. I think it's going to be remembered as uh, something pretty special as uh, years go on. You know, lots of lots of inside jokes. If you like Star Trek, you're going to, you know, things are going to, you're going to laugh at a lot of things, so. Oh, so many inside jokes. Inside, and then the whole Brian thing at the end, like, that was my favorite joke they've made the entire, you know, the entire show so far. That's my favorite bit. They're just like, let's just remember Miles O'Brien. I'm like, oh my god. That's, and, he, and how he's more important than Boimler. I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. he is so awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Well, guys, uh, if you have other thoughts about uh, Lower Decks, if you hate it, or maybe there's something we missed that you're like, oh, you should have talked about this, uh, we'd love to hear what anything you have to say. Uh, you can contact us if you like. You can go to our um, Facebook page, Facebook for slash... Uh, groups for slash synthaholics you can join us there you can also uh email us at synthaholics at yahoo.com you can uh tweet at us at synthaholics duo uh and if you show you want to support you can go to our patreon patreon for slash synthaholics and throw us some money us our way and uh, we greatly appreciate that also a great way to support us is by leaving a review on uh, apple podcasts or just tell your friends about uh, our our episodes. So we'd love that too. All right, Dave. Next week, more lower decks. Ooh, lower decks. All right, guys. Well, until then, uh, hang on tight, and we're gonna get some uh, more Star Trek going into uh, into the lifeblood of us. Uh, until then, live long and prosper, one and all. Sarcastic Vulcan salute out. <laughs> <laughs> well, my 